start date 04072022. And I know that's not a correct start date, but it's what I've got for tonight. This is the Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast about new and classic Trek. I'm your board queen for the night, Mariah Gossett. And with me on the view screen, we have our intrepid patron with the most. Karen Jubliss. Hi, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I had to close the door. (laughs) No, it's all good. Thank you so much for jumping on. We're uh, excited to have you. Our usual crew has been captured by Dr. Soong and Q, and um, they're slowly awaiting a ransom of some blue liquid. Uh, So tonight we have a small but mighty crew that's going to chat. I think we also might have Phil from our patron uh, group join us in a little bit. So we will see, but we're excited to hang out and talk about this latest episode of Picard and to get lots of fun comments from the live (laughs) chat. Um, Karen, for those folks who might be listening or haven't tuned into the pod before, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, My name is Karen Chupless and I do the pod's Twitter account. Um, And I am a, been watching Star Trek since I was about seven years old. From the beginning, I've seen every single one of them, probably multiple times. <laughs> I know. Karen is kind of our resident expert and wonderful social media assistant. Um, so we really appreciate her around here in our Trek community. Um, and we appreciate all of y'all who support in our patients as, you know, life does happen from time to time. But we're excited to still give you some insights and some thoughts about tonight's episode Uh, and continue this discussion about Picard. And just as a heads up, we do have some fun guests coming up. We'll be announcing that soon as we get everybody confirmed, but we have some cool people lined up to continue to chat Picard with us for the rest of the season. And then, of course, we have Strange New World starting in May. Oh my gosh, did you see those boots that they're going to have for sale? So fancy. I thought the knockoff Prada sandals I was looking at online were expensive, and then I saw those. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but they're that soft leather. Yeah, they look They're nice. nice. Looking pretty nice. Uh, So tonight we are going to be talking about the sixth episode of Picard in season two. Uh, We also might touch a little bit on the return of the original bridge crew that just got announced for season three, which I know the internet was ablaze with. So I'd love to chat a little bit about that too. Um, But Karen, how can people interact with us in the chat? I feel like you know this. Well, just, uh, you know, join our YouTube chat. And uh, at other times, you can always chat with us over on Slack if you join our Patreon, which is super fun. We have watch-alongs all the time and just various uh, conversations going on throughout the day. So, and now Twitter, we're at Star Trek Pod. And uh, we don't have too much going on in Instagram right now, but... Yeah, I was thinking I I might try to jump over there and start putting some content on that side. But tonight in the chat, if you have something you want to tell us about, you can put your thoughts in there by typing in capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod. And then if you have maybe a hot take or a spicy idea or some initial thoughts on this episode, you can also put capital H, capital F, capital HF into the chat as well so that we can kind of spot that as the comments come in because we do hot freaks this is not hot takes yes so with that 
We'll go ahead and jump in. So this episode is called Two of One. I'm pretty sure we can all gather what that might be (laughs) in reference to, but we'll discuss it just in case. This is directed by Jonathan Frakes himself, written by Cindy Appel and Jane Maggs. And before we get assimilated by a Pat Benatar song, let's go ahead and jump into some hot freaks. All right. Karen, what'd you think? Let's start. Let's start off with you. My hot freak. My friend asked me, what's your hot freak? Because she's been watching the pod with me after the show. And uh, I said, it needs to be longer. (laughs) I just want more. (laughs) But I was, I'm pulled in and I am like, oh, I'm very excited that it seems like we're going to finally find out about his mother. But I thought it was really compelling and um, wow, Agnes can sing. Allison Pill can sing. Yeah, what a fun surprise. Um, yeah, I thought this episode was a little short, but I'm glad we've moved the plot line forward. I know that I, I was a big critique I had last episode as I felt like they kept adding to my pile of plot to keep track of and not much was happening in the way of solving said plot. So I appreciate that we got some information about what was sort of going on. And now we sort of know the soon connection into everything. I feel like we got some more information about him. I'm, I'm seeing the light at the end of the, of the season, you know, so I can kind of understand what's going on. Um, there are some things I, I didn't like love. I didn't think it was necessary to do the time jumps, the like 34 minutes before, you know, I almost wish we had just like gone through the episode and it would have been more, I think, impactful to have seen that car hit at the end instead of having us know that something was going to happen to Picard before we even jumped into the episode. I thought I would have been like lulled into a sense of security a bit and then had a bit of a shocking end. So that would be kind of my my biggest critique of this particular episode. I feel like the main reason they did that was for the flashes uh uh, of his childhood or whatever his memories are. That's probably yeah. the main reason they did that to seed that in there. I don't know if it's necessary to do it that oh, way. Oh, I mean, I think the the time jumps within his memory makes sense to me. I meant like I didn't need, you know, 30 yeah. Picard on the ground 34 minutes earlier. Yeah. I was like it's not that long for me to have to wait for this. No. And we already did it once this season, you know, so um that's true. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. It was an interesting choice. So I'm hoping because it was a very deliberate choice that perhaps there's a reason to it, like you're saying, Karen, and, and we can kind of figure this out. I, personally, I think they did it just, it makes it a little different format than other episodes. It, it was probably just a choice to do it as a, to make it a slightly different, you know, because even the first one, that was just really one jump. I mean, it was really just the. Right front end but Mm. I uh true I do wonder oh go ahead no I was just gonna say there's a lot to enjoy about this episode though too yeah I feel like uh Marge has everyone's hot freak which is that red dress though the red dress (sighs) was incredible it was so gorgeous (laughs) and I was so glad that they did the beauty shot at the end because then you could see the sequence uh underdress and Mm -hmm. I mean that that dress was the star of the show for sure (laughs) 
Yeah, that final shot too was just so beautiful seeing her walk off into mm-hmm. Los Angeles and you can hear the buzz of all of the voices and you're just like waiting. You're just like, are we going to see a fully Borg corrupted LA by the end of the season? And how fun would that be? <laughs> see, now I feel like this is a different kind of Borg though, because she didn't have the active nanobots to like fully assimilate her. It's like she needs. She does need her, which I think she is needs why. her. She's not fully assimilated quite yet, but I feel like it's it's slowly taking more and more of her brain, right? Um, Kyung says, I want an Issa Briones and oh. Allison Pill duet. That would be very cool. Yeah. Loving the new Girardi this season, but I'm worried what will happen next. Same, same. Worried about her. I know. I'm like, fight, Agnes, fight. <laughs> um, I thought the performance between the two of them was so fun. Let's see. Uh Let's see. The queen is enjoying herself. So fun to see her in the midst of the gala. I also enjoyed a lot of those fun, different moments where we got her talking to herself, but then talking to the queen. I thought there was a lot of smart choices in the episode um, when it comes to that. But uh, keep dropping your hot freaks in the chat. Let us know what you thought. Do you feel like this queen is different? Like, I mean, I think she's desperate, right? She's the last of her kind in the timeline that she's familiar with. So she's truly seen the destruction of the entirety of the Borg and is now, I think, similar to Girardi, fully alone, right? So she has to find this person to kind of cling on to. And so I think that's why they find each other so compelling is that they are similar in a lot of ways that they feel often they've been left behind in a way. But I also feel like she connects with Agnes because I kind of wonder if the person that she was, because we know with Borg, once they become Mm -hmm. disconnected, their human personality does begin to emerge. And Mm. she clearly has a a kind of a quirky personality. So she definitely, I think, has even more than that in common with, with Agnes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of our Borg queens have had some pretty big personalities as well. So I think the queens are a little bit different in in comparison to the other Borgs. But I, I agree with you, Karen, in that um, this one in particular might have an interesting connection to Girardi in some way. Um, and, and that would be interesting to see unfold. Um, I did have a couple of other things I wanted to chat about. One being uh, Rios is interesting interesting fascination with uh the 21st century he loves our real cigars our real food he's maybe feeling a little bit of a love connection to this doctor and i feel like we're setting up an interesting um situationship for rios here (laughs) well and i uh, tonight i was like is this all we're gonna get of her but then i remembered there's there is a in the original season trailer somebody kissing him on the bridge of the la serena Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So we will see who that is. <laughs> yeah, she was, you know, do you, I don't really know how much she knew regarding Jean-Luc and his um, condition. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they like pretty much told her that he's had everything transplanted. transplanted. Yeah. <laughs> so, which I'm sure she finds super confusing. Um, yeah. I do uh, wonder if we'll get something similar to um, 
you know, our favorite Star Trek of saving the whales of the person who decides they want to come to the future, right? Or are we going to get the reverse? And is Rios going to want to stay in the past? And how complicated will that make his relationship with Girardi? Because they did also have a relationship at the end of last season. And so I do wonder what is sort of... Uh, that the queen took advantage of. <laughs> yes, the queen very much took advantage of. So... We've got this uh, possibility of a jealous relationship there. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I guess if I had that option available. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um, feel like I'm really kind of not sure whether uh, Renee Picard is supposed to go on this mission. Yeah. As, or not. And, you know, Jean-Luc is very convinced that she's supposed to, but I'm not, I'm just not sure. I feel like that is uh, in flux and it makes me wonder if we'll get any kind of a Gary seven throwback to doing something on the gantry of mm-hmm. the rocket ship, at, you know, at the end of the series, at the end of the season. Yeah. Cause that is the confusing point, right? Is Q has essentially come back to Picard and said, Picard, you still have one big lesson to learn. Right. And it's the big lesson that he has to learn that, you know, the, uh, how do you sort of fix this trauma or is it going to be about his past? Is it in particular something to do with Renee is stopping Renee going on this mission, going to solve what was wrong with Picard or does she need to go? And that is what's going to solve the future for Picard. It's, it's a lot of um, Jeremy, bear me time (laughs) issues going on here. Um, It's going to be very interesting. Another person we did get some more information on, though, during this episode, and I think some good kind of light shown on is Dr. Soon and like, what is his actual intentions? And I I don't know if you watched the interview in the ready room afterwards. I haven't seen it yet. No, but they, they kind of dive into the conversation of like, does he love his daughter or does he love the idea that he could then be this world renowned scientist? And so the daughter is instead a project. And so that's that like love of a project and work versus the love of an actual daughter. I thought it was pretty clear in tonight's episode that it was about the project and the success. And my friend um, said, uh, she said, you know, I was really had sympathy for him because as a parent, I know you would just do anything to right. save your child. But after tonight, she goes, just, just fucking, he's just creep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those videos were so creepy. I'm going to add oh, Phil has joined us. Hi, Hi Phil. Phil. I uh, just finished watching. So here I am. <laughs> Perfect. Um, We're in our discussion talking about Dr. Soon. And is he a maniacal uh, gross maniac or is he loving father trying to do everything for his child? (laughs) Uh, When he started saying my life's work, I was like, oh, icky. Yeah. Yeah, the life's work. And I I don't know, I I feel like it was on purpose. But a lot of those videos of him with the other versions of Cora, Persephone, like all of these kids felt so creepy. They were, they were kind of creepy. It's not like selfie videos, me and my kids, you know, mm -mm. it's like, I've set up a lab camera to document this kid. And it just, it felt so wrong. (laughs) 
And then poor, you know, Corey is getting the same treatment that Soji did. <laughs> Just discovering that she is, I'm assuming a clone. I don't believe that he has the technology for any kind of Android yet, but yeah, I don't, I think it's a clone. She's a clone of some kind. It was a really interesting parallel to Soji's journey where she had all these memories that were implanted. And then you see Corey seeing all these memories that she never had. Just the, mm -hmm. the reversal there was very interesting to watch. That was super yeah. interesting. I did realize, um, Phil, do you want to introduce yourself to <laughs> listeners who might not know who you are? <laughs> I'm no one important. Uh, my name's Phil Reardon. I'm, I'm one of the patrons. And uh, I shot Mariah notes. I'd be happy to be another voice on tonight. And she said, come on. So hello. <laughs> yeah. I'm on I'm, the watch along crew. <laughs> I'm so thankful. I love our patrons so much. Y'all are, are the best. And it's so fun hanging out with y'all. And, and I know, you know, in a, it was nice to see in a pinch, we could still make a pod happen tonight. Um, and I appreciate because I was like, I was like, I will do it. I will solo go on here and chat <laughs> until my voice stops. But it's much nicer to talk to other people <laughs> instead of just a screen. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty tough. It can be tough. Um, I wanted to ask y'all, are y'all um, uh, aware of the Persephone, Korra, Kor um, uh, mythology within like- I Roman? don't know that particular story off the top of my head. Yeah, I did a little bit of research. And so I sent the, the base of the story, because you know, it's a Greek mythology story. So there's a million different things that happen. But the crux of it is essentially Hades abducts Persephone. Persephone is the child of Zeus, one of the child of Zeus, uh, like most, most Greek gods. <laughs> um, but she kind of oversees um, crops and like flora, fauna sort of stuff within Greek mythology. And she was captured and other terrible things happened to her within a field of flowers. And after she was captured, all of the crops died. Um, and so she is Hades essentially is persuaded to release Persephone uh, but with like a bit of a twist in that she has to spend half her time in the mortal realm and half her time in the underworld with her now forced husband that is Hades um, and so she's often sort of tied to associations with Earth's fertility, right? Which is interesting with all of the climate change discussion that's been happening this season and like the downfall of humanity, right? But then also with the funeral sphere and in the space of death. And so she kind of represents that duality of like things have to die in order to live, which I think is a very interesting thing to associate with um, this this character and that Dr. Soon chose to name her after this as well is very interesting. So is Corey like another um, is, is also Persephone? Yes. Yeah. It's another, it's the Roman name for Persephone. Okay. Oh yeah. That makes sense. There were some other names. I caught Artemis in there. Um, there were a few others that I didn't have a chance to jot down. Yeah. It sounds like he named them all after like goddesses. How many do you think there were? I think Kern was asking that. How many, how many models did he go through? It seemed like a lot. Quite a few, it seems like. Um, yeah, and it, it's so interesting because I also felt, I mean, I always feel very icky when I hear people being like, we could have the perfect human, right? Quote, unquote, <laughs> like no disabilities. And I was just like, oof, all right, we're diving straight into eugenics. Uh, this ain't going to be light and fluffy at all. 
Um, and it's, it's, um, yeah, it, it, I'm glad they're setting him up after that introduction with his speech and like that whole thing. I already didn't like him. And I was like, I really hope they're not going to try to make me sympathetic to this person. And now I feel like they've truly finalized, like, no, you don't have to feel that way about this person at all. No, <laughs> that was, he was so, I mean, I guess because he failed or he thinks he failed in this mission that Q sent him on, uh, because like the car was an act of desperation and then he mm -hmm. comes home and he's like got no filters on for Corey anymore. So it's like, he's just given up. Yeah. And I, and, and thinking about the, the myth, right. I was then like, well, if, if um, Zeus is the father of Persephone, right. Then is Q Hades. Like, does he essentially have to sell off? Cora to to Q in some way in order to reach his goals and like what are how are we going to kind of tie it back to the to the myth if you will although the way she's has to live because of the conditions that he hasn't been able to fix is like living underground is like yeah. living below ground so one would hope she'll get to see sunshine but I don't know yeah, and that's really interesting. Brett Spiner in the um, uh, interview in um, Will Wheaton's show was talking about how, like, he knows this character isn't sympathetic even and isn't really looking out for the best of his child because this is a kid who can't be exposed to daylight. And where does he live? On a beach with a pool, right? Like, he's not, like, living in a cave in, like, Alaska where it's nighttime half the year or something, you know, this is a person who's made a decision to only really live a kind of selfish lifestyle um, uh, for his work. Right. Um, all right. Any other uh, Q Dr. I, thoughts? I thought it was interesting. I still find it interesting that Talon does not know what a Q is. That is or has never heard of a Q. Yeah, especially when still... she to reference things like mind melds and other beyond human awareness components. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, oh, and speaking of, but I think uh, I'll, I'll go back to that. It's just really interesting because her reasoning for going into Jean-Luc, Jean-Luc's mind is that he's the only person who really knows anything about Q. Mm -hmm. So it makes me wonder, did whatever happens, did it also like destroy the Q continuum? Is that why he's losing his, oh, interesting. his powers? Has the Q continuum ceased to exist in this timeline? That's interesting. That's, that's what I'm wondering because I don't know why else she wouldn't know about them, that's at least tangentially. Point, but yeah. But also, did you notice that Talyn like muttered in Romulan or something did at you? one point? Was it in Romulan? I didn't well, notice that. I guess I don't know. Hmm. Oh, it, was it there was, captions? Keen says, speaking of Talyn, what did you think of the caption saying she was muttering in Romulan? Oh, okay. I mean, there is, I, I feel like we've touched on this in another episode where there, and I'll have to look up the theory or perhaps when Picard's over, we can talk to, to Dr. Aaron about, um, there's theories about in different dimensions, how like you might still interact with the same people and there's like parts of yourself in different 
parts of like those other dimensional versions of yourself. And there's a couple of theories around that. So that could be interesting. Well, see, now I've been thinking, I feel like, and this might be a little bit about the why people look like people we know who aren't there. Um, I feel like 2024 is like a time ley line. You know what a ley line is? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like an energy line where stuff can kind of cross and it's more powerful. And because we had past tense in 2024 and they've chosen 2024 for some reason for this, and I don't think it has to do with past tense, I feel like this may be like a weak area of time or a time, an area where there's a lot of flux. Hmm. I don't know if that is part of it or would be. That could be interesting. But it kind of makes me wonder, especially with, you have this kind of real retro feel on one hand and yet almost a little too technologically advanced Mm -hmm. in other stylistically, which is cool stylistically, but I also feel like there's something about that. And we had another Elnor sighting. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm starting to think that it's not just Rafi's grief. Potentially. Yeah, that's an interesting theory, Karen, about like, is this just a a place where a lot of space time is getting messed with in some way, which is causing all of these big rifts and like weird sort of butterflies and the threads to be coming apart? Is this like where the space time continuum has decided to crack? (laughs) Like, what is sort of happening in this particular era? Um, Go ahead. You wonder, you know, with all the Elnor sightings, are, do we know for sure that Rafi's the only one to see him? It's being framed that way. Mm-hmm. We actually know that. Yeah, I don't think we know for sure because so far no one else has really been in the same mm-hmm. space and place like in that instant to see him as well. Um, so it would be interesting to know if anyone else is able to see him. Speaking of of Rafi and Elnor, do you think through whatever happens, Elnor is going to be able to come back? Oh, he better. He's my murder. He's my murder baby. No, <laughs> I need Elnor back. I hope so. I I enjoyed him as a concept and as a character, and I'm really hoping that whatever they've done with him behind the scenes makes sense because. I hate to be that actor and like he's getting a, a you know a credit line mention just for him to pop in for two seconds here and there every few episodes. So uh, I'd like to see him kind of grow and develop. But I like I liked seeing him in Starfleet as well. So mm-hmm. he comes back. Yeah, hopefully we maybe fix some of the timeline quicker than the end of the season so that we get a few episodes with him included towards the back half here. Or maybe he pops up as a human version of Elnor at some point um, and, and is a, a part of this rowdy bunch trying to fix everything. I did want to talk about one of my favorite moments in the whole episode is the moments between Picard and Renee when they're having that really beautiful conversation as they, yes, they walk outside. That was just great. I loved that whole conversation. <clears throat> I thought it was really moving and, and, and one of those moments when you're just like, ah, yes, this is, this is Sir Patrick Stewart, really Sir Patrick Stewarting it up, you know, and like, <laughs> you're like, oh, this will be included in the, for your consideration reels that get sent out, you know, like, 
Well, what did he say when she said, you're a little, you're a little old to be in security, however she phrased that. He goes, I'm probably the wisest one. I was like, that's, that's Patrick Stewart right there. <laughs> but yeah, I just really enjoyed how he was able to sort of like, and, and I thought the writing in that scene was also really strong and how they were able to kind of give advice without giving away anything, right? Yeah, he, he, we were commenting on the Slack channel that he had a real Boothby vibe. He did. You know, he seemed like giving wise advice, but just enough to make you think about it, not mm -hmm. giving you the answers type of thing. I, and I wonder if we're going to see more of Renee Picard. So does that mean Boothby was a time traveler then? And he just didn't. Uh, you never know. That man lasted forever. <laughs> <laughs> um. And yeah, I think we also saw some interesting elements of Picard really having um, some actual moments of regret, it looks like, from his experiences in childhood. Perhaps there was like opportunities to step in in a situation or um, I'm hoping we get with the, they've teased us so far that somehow potentially uh, Tallinn is going to be able to go into his mind and assist him on this mission to really um, see through these memories he's potentially blocked and perhaps it's just finally accepting those actions or what happened in the past is going to be able to fix his future in some way. There was a shot I remember from one of the trailers that had Orla Brady with the white eye treatment like her, her proxies had when oh. she was first introduced. So I wonder if we're about to see that now, because mm -hmm. I assume that's the technologies that she's referencing. Probably. Her little pen thing was a like Gary Seven's server, servo pen yeah. that he had, I noticed. Mm -hmm. A very Doctor Who of them. Yeah. She <laughs> had a great line, though. She had one of those Picard truth moments for y'all when mm -hmm. she said... You know, we we do lots of things to protect ourselves. That doesn't mean that they're good for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was like so good. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. Um, one of my only other kind of gripes in this whole episode is why would you cross the entirety of Los Angeles to go to a doctor <laughs> when you have someone who's synthetic? Um I, I understand that they're scared and they obviously don't want to lose him, but he is a synthetic being. And so I guess I just don't have like a full understanding of, of, a, of what his sort of body functions as I know he still ages and will eventually still die. And like all of that sort of been set up, but, um, but yeah, I was like, you're really going to go all the way over to the East side from the far West side with someone who's about to die and not just like teleport yourselves back to the ship at least to try. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, they did give plausible answers in that. I mean, and they, maybe they were able to teleport. Well, that's true. Maybe. I don't know. Do you I just like to the front but, of the you know, clinic? Rio said he doesn't have any papers. We don't have anything to identify mm -hmm. him and we can't take him to a hospital and the bio bed isn't a doctor. Yeah. yeah. Gonna, the logistical issues aside, you know, they probably hand wave that away because reasons, but being able to, I think Kara, Caroline has the best one. It's just because Rios <laughs> wanted to see his girl. <laughs> yeah, that is true too. I'm sure that's true. <laughs> um, 
Takako. Uh, but is he synthetic? Is John Luke's body the golem or the body of the dystopian world? Um, so Q clar- clarified that. He mm-hmm. said in the first episode that it was Picard's brush with Gul Dukat that earned him his synthetic body. So that was still true in the in the darkest timeline. Yes. Yeah, they did. He does still have a synthetic body. Um, this was a question I had too, is they got all the way over there and Nicole asks, the way they aren't paying attention to Girardi, who is a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I I did see, and it's not that big of a spoiler, but in next week's episode, they're trying to track down Girardi, who obviously just was like, oh, I'll set up a way to distract everyone. You all go. But then I don't think knows what sort of has happened. And I was like, no one made any attempt to find her before they left. Well, I feel like she's out of there. She was out of there when all this happened. And Thomas also has a good point. Who would transport them? No one is on the ship. (laughs) Yeah. But I also think the queen is making it so she doesn't even hear anything, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, they have to have a plan to get back there somehow because they all willingly left. Yeah, I don't know if they have. I I would assume they have a way to communicate back. At least Girardi has a way to communicate back to teleport to the ship. I don't know. I feel like they kind of address Agnes a little bit because, you know, Picard was potentially dying right in front of them. And they're like, she's off her rocker. We're going to have to figure her out later while we deal with this crisis. So Mm -hmm. because didn't they say something like, has anyone heard from Agnes? And they're like, nope. Yeah, (laughs) we're going to just go. (laughs) Peace. (laughs) (laughs) We are out of here. Yeah, this was a it was a shorter episode, only 38 minutes. Um, I, I. I will see. We'll see how long the next episodes are. But um, I did really enjoy all of the costumery. I thought this um, Girardi's um, Allison Pill was an incredible, like a much better singer than I anticipated. It was definitely not the distraction I thought was going to happen. I thought just the lights was it, and then I heard the singing start. And I have. I have a weird thing where I I have a really hard time watching stuff where I can be like secondhand embarrassed for another person. Do you guys know <laughs> what I mean? Like that yeah. like cringy where I at first I was like, oh no, because that feeling sunk into me really quickly. Was she going to be dated comedian? <laughs> and like, I don't know. Or is it going to be like over the top razzle dazzle like too much, you know? But then by the end of it, I was like, okay, I can kind of deal. But I still had a few like, you know, uh, nits to pick about just like, well, she doesn't have a microphone. How is she singing above all of these (laughs) instruments? You know, like that, I was like, is the board queen like able to amplify this voice like magically through weird technology or something? That just happens on TV every time someone breaks into the song. But you know, I I did appreciate that it was also a plot point that the board queen was like, wanted her to feel that kind of performance euphoria the the board queen sure has a really really innate understanding of biological functions for someone who operates you know 50 percent without that in theory right she like she knew exactly what cocktail of hormones she needed to take control and it's she's very cunning i like this board queen yeah, yeah. she's she's very scary and very good <laughs> Um, but I did, I did ultimately enjoy it mostly for Allison Pill's performance. And I thought, thought that was fun. Yeah. Allison Pill was just amazing. 
and I and I think her performance tonight with a lot of this like back and forth with the Borg Queen was very compelling. And like those moments where you can really tell that she's acting like she is having that internal dialogue with someone mm-hmm. that isn't there. And like there's a really interesting yeah, it, it was just like it was very, very interesting to watch. And I thought the performance was really compelling. And when she kind of changes when the Borg Queen really mm-hmm. does take over. That was spooky. Yeah. I had two nits to pick with Agnes and the queen, and it actually wasn't about that at all. But early on when she first got in there and she was doing the communicator talking, they like pulled her aside because she was talking to herself. And now that she's got the queen in her head and she's just walking around muttering to herself the entire time, no one seems to care. And then when she does the singing distraction again, like no one, none of the security guards seem to care that the lights went off and then something else went nuts, but it was still fun to watch. And yeah, Allison Pill did a fantastic job, but I was just wondering like, where, where are the security guards? Now? I got to tell you I now like four years ago, I would think, Oh, security would be this, and that. And I am completely convinced that stuff like that could happen because everybody would think, this oh, has been planned. this has been planned and nobody told me. And they think that, I mean, I've seen too many things in my life in the last like five it's years. It's just a flash mob, you know. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I just think I think that could happen. <laughs> yeah, I did. Whether think it should, the, that's the, another story. I do wonder if the board queen had control of other light things because I was like, who's on that spotlight? <laughs> you <laughs> I know, did wonder like, that too. Because <laughs> that seems to be operated by a person. But uh, it was just some some Yahoo they hired that was like, oh, this is my time to be somebody. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> Wait, there's a voice on stage. <laughs> I can get this. Uh, Nicole has an interesting point. I'm guessing the fact that no one paid attention to the lady in red talking to herself at a party is uh, showing kind of how alone that she is. And I, that's an interesting point is that no one. But but then the board queen was like, you are getting that attention, right? Because she looks hot. She's carrying herself a little bit differently because she has this like, weird Borg confidence, I guess. Um, and so people are paying attention to how like beautiful she looks in a way. But I, I often, I, I kind of wondered if instead when she is having the reason people stop paying attention is she's no longer talking out loud. I think she's fully having an internal dialogue, but obviously it's much nicer to the viewers to have her speak everything out loud. Yeah. I think that at least some of it is. One time Picard heard her say something on the communicator because he asked her about it. But that yeah. was way back in the control room. I don't That's know true. that that necessarily carried on. Good point. But yeah, I'm wondering if it's like the more integrated, the less she has to actually externally verbalize and if it's just actually happening in her head. But who knows? It also could just be people who are like, I don't know, we're in a room full of weird scientists. Maybe they're all just talking to themselves. <laughs> Well, they've been here and they've been vetted, so she must be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, at a party, that's not necessarily unbelievable because as long as they're not overturning chairs and yeah, being destructive, there's probably people around that are having extra substances in their system. <laughs> and, you True. know, I mean... True. And also, like, you could have AirPods in at this point in technology. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sure. <laughs> you talking on the Bluetooth. You might have yeah. a little tiny Bluetooth. I guess that's, it is 2024, isn't that's it? Right. 
they're smaller now. <laughs> very tiny, very tiny. You know, March just said something that just popped into my head too. I was kind of dialing back to my memory. I was like, did we see the legs of the queen at all? Or was it a hundred percent from the waist up? Cause I want to know what she looks like now. They did show her when she's sitting in the chair next to her in security, her sitting there with her legs crossed. So you did get a little bit of it. And, um, and I did see in some behind the scenes shot, she was in full like board queen costume and that included down to the legs. So seemingly she does have legs in the mind of Girardi. <laughs> Annie Wershing just seems to be having the time of her life on and off screen. I mean, I think that is one reason why this board queen, I've never liked board queens. I don't, the concept of them is a little bit difficult for me and the use of them is a little difficult. And I've just not been a board queen fan. Love her. She's so interesting. And I think part of that is just, I mean, besides Annie Wershing is really, really good. Mm -hmm. I think she loves this role. Mm -hmm. I think she just loves it. She had me from her very first scene, and it wasn't even anything that she said. It was the scenes where they were talking amongst themselves and she's just muttering in the background. I was like, what's she saying? What's going on back there? Like she, that's where it started for me. So those were amazing when she was in that, in that, when she was um, going through all of those different facets and verbalizing out loud, that is so incredible. I mean, it was incredible. That was some incredible, incredible acting. Uh, well, I don't know. And, and to not even at that point, not have an idea of where she was going to end up now and the range that she has shown just within this character alone is really, yeah. really fun to watch. Yeah, she's just impressive. And, and even though like the board queen is an odd concept, this one makes sense because she's, she's a full individual now. And I think she's flexing those muscles a little bit. Right. Trying, you know what that's like. Well, also kind of grasping for what she used to be in a way as well. I agree. I think that that is is what makes her so interesting. She is a real cross between individual and still the, the construct of the collective. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's a great. It's a great idea. This whole setup has has been a great idea for the. the when I heard that we were going to have the board queen, I was kind of like, "Oh, we're going to have a board queen," but she's been. Just amazing. I agree. I've been really enjoying it so far. Um, any other thoughts on this particular episode, y'all? I need to watch it again. <laughs> I do too. I really want to watch like the last three together. But I'm real excited that it looks like maybe next week we will get the journey into Picard's backstory. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm excited for that as well. And I kind of feel like that's going to tie something that in the past that we've always wondered about in. I don't know what, but I feel like something. How many episodes do we have left? Four? Four. They have a lot to do in four episodes. I know. (laughs) Well, they could be a little longer than 38 minutes and they could do it. (laughs) See, that was the thing about season one. I remember there were a couple episodes that were like really short and didn't seem like enough. And then they did another one that was pushing like an hour and 10 minutes. And it was... But this one actually felt like a good length. Um, well, they were I, they, I like that they, I feel like they have written a story and then they're, and they filmed that story and then they're breaking them up into 
the proper chapters, whatever the length of it is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and which is why it makes it feel a little um, sparse in a way, like we're right. not getting that beginning, middle end, whatever. But I think, I mean, this is totally meant to be binged. They're telling their story, which I'm okay with, because I think you get a better story when you do that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It's almost more like a book, right? Where it's, it's like very like a book. Yeah. But I do wish it's like, but then I, I, unlike a book, I don't get to choose where I stop for the night, right? Because like, I don't have that option. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is what is happening. You are being force fed that chapter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm okay with being able to go back and chew over it, but I can also oh, yeah. see why some people might be a little bit unsatisfied. Like I want a little yeah. more structure. Like, I just want to read like one more page a lot of times when I get to the end of these but episodes. But that's how I end up reading the whole book before. <laughs> yeah. I'm also a book binger. I am a binge and purge when it comes to books. So I, it's probably just my personality. <laughs> so uh, I'm also wondering as we're, kind of approaching the close of the season. My my thought is that they might they might address Picard's backstory now just based on what I seen saw in this episode. But I almost wonder if the end of season 2 is going to take us almost right back to the beginning and they're going to truly address what happened on the Stargazer in season 3. I'm and also wondering that back to back evidence. But I swear I heard somebody production-wise, say that it is a complete story. Hmm. Uh, I'll do some digging. We'll see. <laughs> have you seen the, the teaser for season three and, and all that they mm-hmm. announced? Yes. The Are y'all excited? The I family's a, back together. I had a friend text it to me today, and he just said, like, hey, watch this when you have a minute. And I, I did, like, much later. I was like, dude, you should have told me this was drop what you're doing and watch this immediately. <laughs> <laughs> You did not convey the importance of this message. <laughs> I thought that they would like bring them in for a finale thing or sprinkle them in, but the trailer makes it seem like it is going to be much more substantial than I was expecting. So I read something online that said like, these are not cameos. Yeah. I, I think this is them finally being like, we are going to put all of these character stories to like a, a close close is like the vibe I'm getting. So but I hope we don't lose our crew. So my question is like, so when are you going to do that with Voyager next? Because I'm right. ready for that. A hundred percent, Phil. Me with that one. <laughs> Maybe that's we do. We get Jerry Ryan. It spins, and then we finally get Janeway back, and we're going to finish all of those stories up. <laughs> Although Prodigy's doing some things with Janeway, we'll have to see. Yeah, that's true. That has been fun to watch as well. And I know they just got a pretty big order of more episodes, so I think there's quite a bit going to go on over there. Um, and they're not shy about bringing Voyager people back. So, yeah. It's they're probably true. more willing to do it on a voice acting basis as well. You know, mm-hmm. they'll mm-hmm. film your lines for it or, or shoot or record your lines for a day. And, and that's that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's harder than it seems, but, well, but you don't have to do all of the makeup. And if you're mm-hmm. an alien, you don't have to do all of the prosthetics yeah. and, that's the major, like, I would love it if we got a little Neelix in mm-hmm. Prodigy because you wouldn't have to do the prosthetics, which, you know, 
Ethan Phillips is like, I will not do prosthetics again. I don't blame him. Yeah. Although the, t- the tech for prosthetics has gotten better. So it might be, it might be easier. That's Although true. The- they said it only takes like two hours to do the board queen. No, they said at the beginning it was four, but they've oh. gotten it down to two. So Which it's is like, amazing. Yeah. The longer and longer it goes. All right, y'all. Well, I think that's it for this particular episode. Thanks again for jumping in last minute, Karen and Phil. I really appreciate it. And no um, problem. Everyone watching and listening, you can visit us at StarTrekPod.co to find links to everywhere you can listen and watch the show. You can also uh, follow us on social media, which Karen helps us out with, at StarTrekPod. And visit our Patreon, patreon.com slash StarTrekPod. Anything else y'all want to plug or promote? I'm good. Awesome. Well, thank you again, everybody. I hope you have a good night and live long and prosper. Bye. Bye.